What's up, guys? Calling all my fellow impact-driven women, all my soulful entrepreneurs, and all my new age leaders. You're here to create aligned business strategy, live your life by design, and create fulfilling success in your area of passion. Who's going to help you do that? I'm going to help you do that. I'm Dana Lisa, your pineapple queen, empowering women to stand tall, wear their crown, be firm but sweet, and have a heart of gold as your success coach and marketing maestro. Hashtag be the pineapple bays. Let's get started on Juicy Business Radio. Hello, all of my happy humans. Welcome back to Juicy Business Radio. (laughs) I am recording some emergence trainings today, bonus trainings actually, because the emergence is already live and there's already so much juicy content in there. However, I decided to record a bonus training that's all about triggers and what to do after a trigger happens. So kind of the emotional responsibility of our own stuff and what happens when it comes up and how to handle the aftermath of that. So rather than being emotionally reactive on the regular and really operating from this place of fear or scarcity or anxiety or analysis paralysis, being able to take that trigger, go away with it and work with it in order to heal quickly, grow, move forward and take inspired action. Also, you might hear water sounds in the background because I like to live dangerously. And so I am recording this podcast episode from my swimming pool because I decided that it was worth it even if my computer got wet. <laughs> That's how I felt about it. So here I am. <laughs> While I was recording this trigger training, I was kind of thinking about my journey, my personal journey, and I decided to hop on and have a conversation with you guys because I knew that it would be invaluable, what I was kind of processing and what was coming up for me. So I was reflecting on kind of my life in general. I've made monumental moves, money moves, nomad moves, minimalism moves, coaching business moves, pricing moves. Like I've made all kinds of real big moves, things that lots of people are, you know, thinking about doing or have been thinking about doing for a really long time, but they haven't done it yet. Whereas I am kind of the person who goes like when I make a decision that I want something, I do it. I don't wait around for somebody to tell me it's the right time. I don't often wait to feel ready. I just kind of go because I've learned a really important skill that I want to share with you guys today because I myself actually used to be I used to be the type of person that was riddled with anxiety. I mean, I was put on medication for anxiety after what was, you know, a really drawn out process of having kind of gone through it my entire life, but not really knowing how to cope or to deal with it, having seen multiple therapists. I think it was in my last episode, I really kind of delved into that and talked quite a bit about, you know, my journey and all of that goodness. And So someone who literally got clinically diagnosed with anxiety, put on medication for it because it was so bad that I wouldn't go out in social settings. And when I did, I was binge drinking and I, you know, 
oftentimes couldn't leave the house because I was so paranoid and I had stress rashes all over my body and I'd gained a bunch of weight and I was having panic attacks in the washroom at work. Like it was bad. And, you know, as someone who's experienced chronic anxiety, I was the type of person who would often live in my head. I would really you know, say that I wanted something or make a commitment to being better to myself and having better standards in every aspect of my life. However, I often wouldn't adhere to them because I would have a story in my head that I told myself about why it wasn't possible for me or what I should be doing instead or what I I needed to do first in order to be good enough to deserve everything that I wanted. And because of this, I often prolonged my goals and my visions. You know, I would have this big vision for myself, but I keep telling myself like, no, you're not ready for that yet. And you need to go back to school for X, Y, Z. And you need to learn more about, you know, nutrition first before you can lose weight like that. Or, you know, whatever it was. Gosh, there's so many. And I'm sure you can think of a few for yourself. Times where you held yourself back from doing what you really wanted to do because you didn't feel ready and your anxiety caused this story spiral to happen in your mind about all of the things that you needed to do first or why you weren't good enough yet or whatever it was. And I had this really enlightening moment very early on in my entrepreneurial journey. So I... Let's backtrack a little bit. So back when I was in my culinary job, I used to be a chef. And back when I was in that job, which was the one that was like during the stress stress rashes and panic attacks in the washroom and just like craziness that was happening, I decided that I needed to quit. Like I knew I needed to quit this job, but I had a story in my mind about how I wasn't going to be contributing to the household and that that meant that I was basically worthless as a wife at the time. And, you know, I I had to just keep self-sacrificing myself because this was the best job that I could get as I had been unemployed for four months when we had first moved there. And, you know, I just had to deal with it. I had to deal with all of these problems and I had to just wait until, you know, we no longer lived there or something else better presented itself or whatever it was. And thankfully, my partner at the time was very supportive and was like, why are you doing this to yourself? And basically said, like, you have to quit. Like, this is not optional. You need to quit. Do the thing. I support you. Like, you can't be like this anymore. Of course, <laughs> for him, I'm sure it benefited him as well to have the the thought that, like, maybe my wife will not act so, you know, ridiculous because I was experiencing such such poor social anxiety and I was crying a lot and I was, you know, obviously very upset and not living a good life. And that's no fun for your partner either when you're in that state. So I quit my job and I remember, you know, getting into the world of writing online because I was like, well, what skills do I have that I could translate into the online space? Because I had this feeling like I'm never going to get another job on the ground here. So maybe I can do something online. And I remember when I first got started and obviously everything I was doing was totally new. Nothing, you know, nothing I was doing had I done before. It was all brand new. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was just kind of like consuming information as I went, doing what I had to do and just, you know, making it up as I went. And I was experiencing a lot of anxiety 
And I was experiencing a lot of excitement at the same time because obviously there were certain things that I was like, whoa, it would be so cool if this worked out and like maybe this is a possibility and, you know, the world's my oyster now. I got nothing to lose. (laughs) So I had this realization and that realization was that the physiological response that I had in my body to excitement and anxiety started the exact same. And you may have heard this before. There are other people who talk about this. I had definitely heard this concept prior to like actually integrating it fully by recognizing this experience for myself, right? It's one thing to have information. I'm going to do a whole episode on this actually because it's like I literally have it on my list of things I want to talk about. It's one thing fully different to like have the information of something versus to have the experience of something versus to be like fully embodied in something. It's very, very different experience on each of those. And for the first time, I was actually not only cognitively aware of the information that excitement and anxiety had the same physiological response in my body, but I was experiencing it and like learning how I could teach this to others. I was like actually integrating and embodying this because what was happening was I was having my initial physiological response. My heart rate would increase. My palms would get sweaty. I would start to feel tightness in my chest. And in those moments, I was actively making a choice. And that choice was to have faith rather than fear, to have faith by asking myself, what if it did work out? What if this does work? Like, I know you're about to go into a story spiral about all of the reasons why it won't work. And what if it did? And I was making a conscious choice in that moment of the physiological response to have that conversation rather than what had previously always led to anxiety for me, which was this downward spiral of all the excuses and the reasons why it doesn't work. Which brings me to this quote that I've heard don't know the source. Um, If you do, send me a message. But I've heard this quote multiple times, and it is that, you know, faith and fear both ask you to believe in the unknown. So you have to choose faith or fear. And that is the only difference in my experience between anxiety and excitement and pleasure is the choice. Fear leads to the anxiety. Faith leads to the excitement and the joy. Because at the end of the day, when something excites you, when something is aligned with you and it like stimulates your energetic aura, you're going to have a physiological response that's going to kick in. And it often feels like the, you know, the sweaty palms or the heart racing or the shortness of breath or the tightening of the chest because your body is responding to something that is a possibility. And then you make a choice consciously in your brain about whether you're going to have faith that like this might work, work, actually work out. And I'm going to like tell myself that I'm going to do this thing, even though I have no idea what the outcome is going to be. Or you go down the road of this could never work for me. This is never going to work. I'm not good enough. Right. And unfortunately, because of consumerism, culture, because of the way that we are raised, because of our conditioning, we oftentimes find ourselves in the thought spiral of this is never going to work for me. This is like, there's no way I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough for this or whatever it is. And so what we do, the work that we do through reprogramming our unconscious mind is to tell ourselves that 
we are worthy, right? We're really stepping into our authentic worthiness. We're stepping into the embodiment that, you know, I already have everything that I need as I am to take this first step. Because often what happens is when we decide we want something and we experience this, when we go down the anxiety route and we decide I'm not enough, we start to make this huge roadmap of like, okay, I'm first, I'm going to have to like go find somebody who can teach me this. And then I'm going to have to study it. And that's going to take me X amount of time. And I'm going to have to invest X amount of dollars, which means I'm going to have to work at this job for X amount of time. And then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that, right? We start to make like a 82 step plan of like to get from where I am now to where I want to be. It's going to take all of these steps. And we start to create this strategy. And strategy is comfortable, right? Planning is comfortable because it doesn't require action. It just requires you to sit down in the comfort of your living room and think about all of the reasons why you're not good enough to have what you want. And so it's really comfortable and our brains love it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll feel ready if you do all these things first. Does that mean you're going to like keep yourself safe? Because that's what I want. I want you to survive. So I'm going to like throw all the excuses and all of the steps. Like, why don't you add an 83rd step between where you are now and where you want to be, right? Because that place where where you want to be, the outcome is unpredictable and your brain associates it with death. So it's like, ah, no, I'm going to make up all the reasons why you can't have that thing. So strategy is really comfortable. And a lot of people, you know, they make big plans and they make great plans and they do all the business strategies and they make the content strategy and they design the offer and they set the price point and they make the pretty landing page and they make the pretty email sequences, but they never actually get going. They never actually take action on inspired action one. And the crazy thing is, <laughs> the really crazy thing is that the more you learn this and the more you actually integrate this in your life, the more you start to realize that as soon as you take step one, steps two through 82 completely fucking change anyways. <laughs> this is what I've learned from my personal experience because I used to be the chronic planner and then I'd be like, okay, it's going to look like this. And then I would take step one and steps two through 82 would totally change and I would freak the fuck out because I'd be like, oh, I thought this was predictable and planned out to a T and now it's changing and now I have to go back to the drawing board and I need to just start all over again. And then I would like go back to the drawing board and create a whole new stri- plan and strategy, a platagy <laughs> that would keep me in an action even longer, right? Some of you are going to be like, whoa, resonating right now. Like how many times have you planned something to a T, taken step one, all of a sudden realized that your plan was inaccurate and irrelevant, even though you spent X amount of time on it, and then gone back to the drawing board and stayed in analysis paralysis even longer, and then had this like traumatic experience ingrained in you of what happened the last time you took action about how it made your plan completely irrelevant. So maybe then the second time you don't even take action ever. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, wow, remember when I had these like crazy, amazing like dreams that I never took action on and now here I am in the exact same place that I was a year ago, even though I said that a year from that moment that my life was going to be completely different and all of these things would have come to fruition, but I never even took step one or I did take step one and it didn't work out according to plan. And so now here I am and it's a year later and my life really hasn't changed that much and it's super depressing. So what was even the point of all of those dreams and that planning? And I just like, this is my life now. Ever felt that way? I know I have multiple times. And so what changed for me? is I learned to get really good at saying, fuck the plan, (laughs) 
screw it. And even though I'm having this experience of what feels like it's going to turn into anxiety and my innate reaction of what I want to do is I want to go sit down and plan this out because that'll make me feel comfortable and safe. I'm going to say screw that. And instead, I'm going to have faith that this is all happening for me, not to me. And if I take step one, new possibility portals are going to completely open up and blow my freaking mind and things that I had no idea could happen are going to happen. And because if, you know, if not this, then something better, right? Like I said in an episode not that long ago, I read a quote from Rebecca Ives Rubin recently that said, God never drops the ball. (laughs) And she's right, right? Like if not this, then something better. My mentor Lenny, uh, Melanie Ann Lair says that. If not this, then something better. And so you have to keep that in the forefront of your mind. When you take that step one and you start to have this experience of anxiety, rather than choosing the fear and stepping into analysis paralysis and holding yourself back through planning and strategy, you have to say, it's all happening for me and I have to keep my eyes open and be willing to receive whatever is coming in. And I'm going to share a personal experience of mine. If you've been following me a while, you may have heard this one, but it's a really good story about the first time that I really learned this lesson, the first time that I really fully embodied this. So I had like, I had learned it. I knew the information and I was, you know, starting to allow this information to transform my life, but I wasn't necessarily doing it with consistency and I hadn't made it my natural state of being. And I remember I was in this basement suite in Calgary going through a separation with my partner of seven years. I didn't want to be in that city. I never wanted to move there in the first place. I had very little money in my bank account and I no longer had the support, financial support system of my ex-husband who, bless him, supported me for a very long time. And I was on my own. I had no really, I had like a couple friends in the city, but I felt very lonely And I had a couple hundred bucks, but I knew that I was supposed to be in Croatia at the beginning of the next month. I knew I didn't want to renew and pay another month for this basement suite. I knew that I needed to get out of there. And I had, for the first time, full faith that my manifestation of having the ability to buy this one-way ticket was going to work out for me. I had no idea how. And I had heard so many times, you don't need to know the how, the how is not important, visualize, blah, 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 which like I'm not really into anymore. (laughs) I teach a very different way of manifestation because I used to try all of the old things, the think positive, the vision boarding, the writing it down over and over and over again on repeat, all of those things. I used to do that and it never worked for me consistently. I would see some results sometimes, but it never really followed through. And since this, I've started working with Lacey Phillips and her To Be Magnetic Pathway membership, and she teaches a very different methodology of manifestation, which I have adapted and I now practice in my own way and teach in my own way to my students. She teaches it through a three-step process. I teach it through human design, NLP, and organic marketing strategy because I specifically help business owners who are building online businesses. However, back to the story. So I was really embodying this for the first time. I was like, I know this. I know that I can't focus on the how. And I know that I need to just have full faith. But like, this is a big one. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Like this, if this doesn't work out, I'm really, really screwed. And this was the first time that I was like, you know, I could sit here and try to like 
make backup plans and contingency plans, or I could have full faith that either that's going to work out or something better is going to come through. And I was trying to sell this group program at the time called, what was it? I think it was how to be a become a successful boss woman, which is hilarious and ironic because I wasn't a successful boss woman at that time. And I was trying to teach mindset work around it, even though I was in a really poor place, which is a testament to the importance of being embodied in what you are teaching. And I, I did a triggering post recently about this, about how there's a lot of people out there who, you know, are teaching money manifestation, but are broke or are, you know, teaching how to be a soulful, soul-led business leader, but they're actually burnt out or are teaching how to grow your Instagram following, but they actually paid for followers or whatever it is. There's a lot of people who aren't embodied in their work. The people who are really successful are the ones that are actually embodied and believe that they are enough as they are and don't try to teach anything that they're not embodied in. It's a whole other conversation. But I wasn't embodied in my work, which is why this program wasn't selling. I was like, broke. This program wasn't selling. No matter how hard I tried, it wasn't working out. I was doing everything right, right? I had all the emails. I had all of the social media posts. I was going live. I was having all the discovery calls. I was doing everything right, but it wasn't working and I was broke and I was scared and I only had a couple weeks left until I was up for rent and I only had a couple hundred dollars in my bank account. I had no freaking idea what I was going to do or how this was going to happen. And I had been doing some work for a freelance client who is a multimillionaire, self-made multimillionaire. Her name is Steph Joanne. And I had been doing some like random freelance copywriting work for her. And she messaged me and she was like, hey, I want to, you know, talk to you about retaining you for a project. Can we hop on the phone? And my initial reaction was, I don't have time. I need to, I need to figure this out. Like I need to figure out how to make this launch work. That was my initial reaction. And then I had to remind myself, like, whoa, 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 you're trying to micromanage miracles right now. Like the universe might be handing you something and you might be putting horse blinders on because you're like, hey, universe, this is what I want. And I want it specifically in this way. So even if you try to hand it to me in another way, I'm going to put these blinders on and I'm going to like try to micromanage miracles, right? I gave you a honey do list and now I'm going to tell you how to do it. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be that girl anymore. I don't want to be that anxiety-ridden, micromanaging, trying to control manifestations and miracles. I want to fully relinquish and surrender here. So what am I going to do? And I was like, okay, we're going to hop on this call, see if it feels good. Hopped on. It was like a huge friggin' project. And I was like, if I take this project on, there's no way that I'm going to be able to continue with the launch of this program. I won't have time. Literally, it'll be impossible. And I was like, well, do I even want this launch anymore? is this like, is this something that is feeling good for me? And I was like, no, the answer is no. Then I was like, oh, but I've put so much time and energy and love into this thing. I had already created all the course content and the graphics and all the things. And then I was like, well, that's silly. That's like saying, oh, because I was in that marriage for seven years, I shouldn't have let it go, you know, because I'd put so much time and energy and love into it. And then I was like, well, some of the things that you put the most time and energy and love into, they don't work out and they hold you back from your next level if you hang on to them and try to continue to make them evolve with you when they're not ready to. And I was like, fuck, okay, got to let it go. So I was like, well, this is a big project and I'm not going to settle for less than what I deserve on this project, right? Like this is a test right now. Like I could lower my standards and continue with this flippy floppy pricing that I've been doing for freelance work in the past, or I could really step into my power. 
I was like, okay, what does that look like? And I mapped out this project. And I was like, this is like a 15K project. This is big. It's like a four-month 15K. I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this quote. I called my business bestie, Danny Drioso, at the, and we, we talked about it. And she empowered me. and was like, yeah, you got this. I was like, all right. Sent off the contract. Steph signed it. She was like, yep, awesome. Looks good. Signed it. Sent me money. I bought a one-way ticket. I booked my Airbnb and I went for dinner with Danny and had sushi and cheers to the fact that I had just signed 15K in sales. And that all happened in like a 48-hour time span. It was like boom, boom, boom. And this is how quickly manifestation can come through when you stop trying to micromanage it and you open up to receive through the art of surrender and through choosing faith over fear, even when you have an anxious physiological response in your body, you start to use that as an indicator to lean in versus pull away. And that's what I have to say to y'all today. I don't talk like that. (laughs) I love you guys so much. The emergence is running live right now. You can be in there. It's still happening. And Thrival, the one year to Thrival membership is active. I'm teaching you everything I have learned over the last three and a half years of owning my business that has taken me from that basement suite to a six-figure business, digital nomad life, living in a beautiful villa in Bali, and all of the things. I'm teaching you everything I know inside of that one year to Thrival. You get access to all my programs, Psychic Sales, The Immersion, The Emergence, Intuitive Opulence, everything that's coming up, Integral Coach, everything that runs live throughout the year as well as what's already ran. It's crazy. Each of these programs is like $2,200 to like $4,400 and you get access to all of them for $9.99 a month for an entire year. There's, you know, can't get better than that. Some people aren't ready for the 5k a month one-on-one with me, but they're ready for this. And that is that person you? Does this feel exciting? Are you still listening? If you're still listening, it's probably because you're excited because <laughs> the episode's over, yo. So click the link in the show notes. Check out the Thrival membership. I love you all so much. I'll talk to you very, very soon. Bye. All right, my peeps, go ahead and click that link in the show notes. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes and leave a review for me. I read all of my reviews and that would just be so lovely for me to connect with you and hear some feedback on how you are enjoying Juicy Business Radio. All right, guys, have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you again so soon.